0: You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. What's going on, film family? Welcome to another episode of the Film Frequency Podcast. I am your host, CEO Hayes, holding it down for my brother, JB, but... This whole episode will not be me alone this week while we still wait on JB to come back. I am bringing the Andrew Bello on when we're reviewing Shang-Chi, but before we get into that, we have to get into news. So first up, we got the Matrix Resurrections trailer dropped. and this trailer is interesting for a few different reasons, right? First, the fact that we have like Neo seemingly back after he died in the last film and you know even seeing him meet up with trinity and they kind of touch and the memories come back um even some of the you know fight scenes and looking at neil using certain powers in this um we even get like this interesting thing and like a reflection like neil looks older and different like so it it this trailer did with first teasers or i don't know if it's technically a full trailer or teaser what they labeled it i don't remember at this time but but we it it, it does with the first look is supposed to do it's supposed to make you wonder it's supposed to bring and r- and raise questions. It's not necessarily, we're supposed to know a lot about what the plot is. Now we can piece together with the plot. Similarly, you know, Neo somehow back in the matrix. We even get a younger Morpheus play by Yaya, uh, who was just in Candyman. But so much of this film, it, I mean, so much of this, of this trailer is really just teasing, right? It's, it's us seeing these characters that we haven't seen in well over a decade and wondering, How the hell did we get here considering where they were left out in the last film? So because of that, it brings, like I said, it it brings so much conversation to be had. And so, like, Matrix was already one of those franchises that you always have to look in the background, look to see what hidden meaning is there. This trailer does that kind of tenfold just because of the amount of time that it's been since we've seen these characters. And it was a really solid trailer, in my opinion. Now, you know that it's also going to HBO Max, which... It's kind of weird. Uh this movie coming of uh, and I know this is what that company is doing, right? But a a movie of this size and epicness and a franchise that people have really been waiting for and and speculating on the ending, even though those last the, the two matrix sequels weren't as nearly as good as the first, and that third one was fucking terrible. In my personal opinion, it still left a lot of conversation to be had and speculation. And we've been doing it about this franchise for years. And, you know, to, to see that it's going to Peacock, if it's going to hurt the box, bo- I'm sorry, not Peacock, HBO Max. It's definitely going to hurt the box office some, but I guess it remains to be seen, like, what this new tra- streaming landscape is. So let me know what you guys, how you guys feel about uh, the Matrix Resurrections trailer and if you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, next up, uh, let there be carnage. Uh, Venom, let there be carnage. We've got to cut two pieces of news since the last episode. Um, not only did the debut move up two weeks, which is good, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, but on top of that, uh, we also got the runtime. Runtime's only 90 minutes. It's an it's, uh, it's hour and a half, shorter film. Now, uh, you know, I don't have, uh, action movies don't have to be super long. And if you look at this trailer, like, I don't think there's going, as much as, like, we want to think that these uh, comic movies are going to be, like, these epics, like, it's an action movie. The first Venom was an action movie. It, like so. I, I didn't expect to be, have these, the super long character piece or anything. Um, I didn't, but I know some people, you know, they, they want their movies to be longer and uh, you pay for your ticket. You want to be in there as long as possible. That's fine. Hats off to you. But um, overall, I don't think the length of the movie is going to help or hurt the movie. Really. I mean, the original was 120 minutes, so it was about 20 minutes longer, a little over 20 minutes longer. But I mean, this film may just be what we want as comic book fans and that's just seeing venom and carnage tear shit up for for fucking 90 minutes for the most part and you know really when you think about it we really haven't seen much even in the footage that's been released we haven't seen a lot of this movie and so you know that 90 minute runtime it's it, it, it doesn't throw up any any red flags alone to me um, but i guess we'll see about that and how it uh, ends up playing out and if it does or doesn't affect the quality. Of the film. Um, next up, as far as news, Halloween Kills is actually also going to be debuting on Peacock. That's why Peacock was on my mind a little bit earlier when I meant to say HBO Max. And so, what does that do to that film? I know we've been waiting for it. I know, like, it was supposed to release last year. Both sequels were were filmed back to back, I believe. So they're both done and kind of in like cocked and ready to go. We're gonna get this one this year and then another one next year. Um, but you know, when we keep having the conversations about what is, what is streaming doing to box office? Now, in a case of a film that has already filmed its sequel, maybe they're not as worried about it hampering the box office. Maybe they're thinking they could recoup that on the final film and that it's not going to hurt it overall, like I said, because the, the, the final film's already been filmed and it's wrapped production. So in a case like this, they, you don't really have, I guess they feel like you, they're not as worried maybe about the box office. Um, maybe they just want to get as many eyes on it so that it can build hype for the third one that's coming and so and we know and from the reviews and early they say that it's very much feels like a film that's left um on a cliffhanger and so you know i I can understand it more on this one specifically um why they may be comfortable for all the reasons i named sequels already filmed not only has it been greenland but it's already filmed and ready to go the delay on this movie the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger um seemingly i haven't seen the fucking film uh so all those things coming together may may explain why uh it's releasing to streaming on peacock um and you know i, I mean yes i don't i don't as far as i know i don't think that it's it's releasing under any type of paid paywall or anything like disney plus does with their streaming releases but uh, like like with everything we'll see it we'll monitor it and the last thing that we have before we get into the review because i know you guys are probably Anxious to hear the Shang-Chi review is the Eternals will be getting a box office only release. And so that is huge. You know, this is a film that Kevin Feige has said that it may win them awards. He he, he loves this film. It's the current director of the years, the one who helmed this film. All amazing things. But the fact that, you know, we've gotten to this point. Um, and I also think like, you know, that Scarlett Johansson thing being in the background you have super huge stars in this that seemingly can go into, you know, you want them to go into a franchise. You don't want to piss anybody off. And so uh, it going to streaming makes sense, right? And and I mean, sorry, not going to streaming, skip, skipping streaming, doing the box office only release. And I think as we see like box office like Shang-Chi got and everything that we we see more uh, pullback on that streaming thing. Uh, that's just my opinion. That's not based off like any numbers. I don't have like haven't done any like. Super big numbers on how movies do that only only uh, box office versus ones that are also on streaming. I I don't do that here. Um. So uh, I, I just just my personal feeling on it is that we're probably it's all about money. That's what it all bring. It all boils down to. And You want to put your films in the position to make the most money possible. And so while the box office and we're hitting new box office highs and more people are feeling comfortable about going to the movies, everything. Um, yes, Delta's still out there. Yes, the new like it, it's still out there. It's going to be out there. COVID's always going to be a thing uh, for the foreseeable future. But we're seeing people be more comfortable in going to the movie theater, and thus box office is rising. Numbers rising. So let's let's keep keep looking. At that I'm really hyped and excited for Eternals. I think that it's going to be something special, much like with Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy came out. It felt like something different in the MCU. I think the Eternals are going to do that as well um but that's my opinion let me know what you guys think about the news make sure you're following us at uh the, the film bros um on social media but you can also send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency at gmail.com. we're gonna go ahead we're gonna get into a trailer for shang chi and on the other side of that i'll be joining you with the andrew bellow to review shang chi
1: throughout my life
0: the ten rings gave our family power If you wanted them to be yours one day, you have to
1: show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you.
0: The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men, they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We have the God of Thunder himself, an Avenger himself in the building. We got Andrew bello What's going on, Andrew?
1: Not too much, man. Yes, the God of Thunder here to uh, to talk about mid cinema, if you will. But uh, yes, no. <laughs> always, be hap- always happy to talk to you, Hayes, but when we're talking MCU... It's like a, it's like another level. It's like yeah. it's like your favorite meal and your favorite dessert. No homo.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh so we're here to review Shang-Chi and the I have a I surprisingly I've seen I've seen it 3 times now and I Okay. surprisingly have enjoyed it more every single time that I've watched it. And it's one of those MCU movies that I think I think there's so much there that, that you don't see on on one watching but just overall what was your impressions from leaving from uh, initial impressions from seeing Shang-Chi.
1: Yeah, I've only seen it once mostly because I feel like the 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 super rewatchable MCU properties are going to be kind of fewer and far between moving forward. Mm-hmm. This is one of them and I look forward to rewatching it several times, but overall, I mean, we're we're introduced to a brand new character, a brand new part of the MCU. I love these mystical cities, bro. Fucking yeah. Talo and Wakanda and Asgard and and all this stuff. Like all, all of it. Uh, what, the one from um Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Madripoor. Not yeah, that that's like a, a a mystical city, but fictional, I guess, in the MCU. Um, it's it's real, but all this stuff. Every time they introduce a new city, they they just have this magical way of like you feel like you know everything about it. Just as you're pulling up to it, you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be kind of like almost. And we'll get into some more of the details, but almost like one of the seven heavenly cities, like almost akin to Kunlun, yeah. where uh, Iron Fist originates. I don't know that they're going to officially go that route, but that's a route they certainly could go. Um, but Simu was great. I mean, I, not, an actor I didn't know a whole lot about, a character I knew very little about. Um, and I, I really was just kind of taken back by all of it. It felt very unique, but it still felt very much like it belonged Um a lot of new things that I was introduced to, like Aquafina. A lot of buzz about Aquafina being cast in this movie on the way in here. Uh, some of it good, some of it bad. I didn't really know what to make of it. I didn't really know much of her work before this, but as far as I'm concerned, she kind of stole the show. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her character moving forward in the MCU. Definitely,
0: definitely. One thing that I do wish, and I just want to get this out of the way, because this is, of course, fantasy booking. But I would have loved to see the actress who played Colleen Wing be his sister in this film. Like, the, the actress that they did cast did a really good job. But, like, she was so great in Iron Fist. And, like, the one thing that I miss, if anything, about the the Netflix's MCU or whatever. Yeah, I miss, I miss Daredevil. I miss uh, Luke Cage. But Colleen, they did such a great job with her character over those two seasons. And she's a great actress. I just would have loved to see her like absorbed into the main MCU at some point. Now, with multiple universes, we may see her actually play Colleen Wing again. So I can understand why they may not have gone there. But I just I really was hoping to see her character somewhere. in
1: That would have been cool. And I think they I think she wasn't cast in this to leave that door open mm-hmm. for, for the possibility of some of those Netflix characters getting absorbed. Uh, it's funny you should say the actress who played Shang-Chi's sister did a great job for the record, not trying to like replace her. Uh, I immediately thought like Maggie Q would have been a perfect fit for that role as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, she, she did great. Um, I I thought overall uh, I didn't really have a lot of familiarity with pretty much anybody in this movie as far as like acting goes, other than like, you know, the the characters or two that we knew before Wong uh, abomination, which I don't even know if like Tim Roth even bothered to actually do. They said he did voice it. He did voice it, I was going to say. It was so, yeah, it was so, they could have just had anybody do it. They didn't really need to pay Tim Roth to do it, I guess. But uh, I thought everybody did a really, really good job all around. Like I said, I kind of feel like I know this environment now, almost kind of how I felt coming out of Black Panther. Makes sense. uh, Where it was like, okay, Wakanda, like, this is a whole new thing for me. I wasn't super familiar with the comics. So for a lot of people that are out there like me, which I I figure is most of the audience – you now know a little bit about Talo and you know a little bit about Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings and the Great Protector and you you kind of just were infused with this wealth of knowledge about this brand new branch of the MCU
0: definitely and what do you think about the MCU like yes you got Wong you got Abomination you got little things like uh, extremist soldier was in it as well as one of the characters from Black Widow but for the most part this is really truly standalone it didn't tie into like any of the bigger things until the end of course with the post-credit scene but do you think that that's going to be something that marvel has to do more going forward because you know most the og avengers are really gone at this point um so do you what did you think about that aspect did you expect more hooks or were you kind of happy with what what we got from
1: i think that they if if they had their druthers and we weren't such addicted lunatics on the Internet, they probably would have just had this a complete standalone, no post credit scene like what we got to just uh, almost because of the, I was explaining this to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, the way that this has all arced so far, right, is that it kind of started with the four strands of Hulk, Cap, Thor and Iron Man. And then they split spanned out into a variety you got kind of Hawkeye comes on board Black Widow comes on board okay now we see we got all these pads eventually they're going to cross and meet at some point boom that's Avengers 1 then we get a little bit more of that boom Avengers 2 that keeps going on to 3 and 4 we're now back at you know stage one of this where they're going to kind of I feel like the more space they could put between all of these different properties and you have so many properties to do this with um, it's kind of cool that when it ultimately does come together, it should feel like a really big, meaningful arc, not like we're just rushing to tie things together so that we could do Avengers five in the summer of twenty twenty four or whatever it is. Um, so I, I like that that it did feel very separate, and I I like the unique way in which it kind of got tied in. Right, you got a little Hulk, a little Captain Marvel, a little Wong why you know what's their relationship outside of this why are they the three that are here dealing with these rings and welcoming Shang-Chi to the Avengers unofficially Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we're going to find out a lot more about that in the you know Spider-Man and the Multiverse of Madness
0: yeah especially with Wong at the end like you would expect it to have been Doctor Strange in that role but you know I like that they're using because of course bringing Wong back Benedict Wong is a lot cheaper than bringing in (laughs) uh cumberbatch to do a cameo so you know it it makes sense there um and you know we'll talk about the end credit scene and what it could mean um let's get into some of the specifics of what's what makes this movie so unique and that i think first has to be the fucking fight scene the choreography in this was amazing amazing i texted you right after i saw it like the like The fight scenes, I think, are the best since the Winter Soldier. What did you think about that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. There haven't been a lot of, like, really good— I mean, I guess Black Widow you can make some argument for more recently, but there haven't been, like, a lot of real focused, grounded fight scenes in the MCU since Winter Soldier, really. Uh, maybe a little bit of—you get kind of some of that in Ultron, because, you know, they we're dealing with just ground-based robots for the most part. But, no, this felt very different, very cool, very refreshing— it's going to be really interesting to see how this ties in with when Shang-Chi's fighting alongside a Spider-Man, a, a Yelena Belova, mm-hmm. a John Walker or whoever, you know, wherever we're going moving forward here. Um, but it felt it felt very like, you know, not to not to get too stereotypical and, and, and broad brushing here, but like Jackie Chan almost like in the MCU. Yeah, for sure. where, and that's so cool. I mean, the, the the comedic aspects of it, the the timing, the the core, oh my god the choreography is just like silly here i think the guy from uh the the person who was doing the fighting fight coordination for the matrix was, was involved in this mm-hmm. so it it's very much in line with that crashing tiger tiger hidden dragon like it's all of that good americanized kung fu stuff and thrown into the mcu in a way that still feels like I can't wait to see him fight other characters and see how that plays out.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I I think that too, you know, I love that. Yeah. There's fantastical elements with the 10 rings, but for the most part, the majority of this movie was just fight people fighting. And even, even in the way that they use the rings, yeah, they have powers or whatever, but we really didn't get a lot of that until the end of the film and that made it feel so, so unique um, in what they did. And, you know, I think that if, Shang-Chi however he works into being an Avenger or whatever but you know this was a huge success we're definitely going to get a sequel I would say and I can't wait to see how they flesh this out whether it's another two sequels or whatever because you know Simi Lu, who plays Shang-Chi was fucking amazing in this bro.
1: Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, really good. It's going to be kind of really fun to see him and Aquafina's and character kind of progress and who they interact with moving forward and like what what the Shang-Chi what if is going to be like. That'll be really fun, too, for season two. Um, but I, even the rings, you mentioned them. I like how they kind of, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that don't like what they did with the rings because the rings are very different in the comics. They're almost more like akin to songs, yeah. almost like Infinity Stones, which is obviously why they changed it. But the way that they changed it, they kind of almost kung fu the rings, where instead of them being this mystical alien technology, now it's more of like a projectile. And maybe that's just how, you know, these particular characters use it because of their heritage. And if somebody else gets the rings, it could have a whole nother wealth of options as far as the different powers that could be utilized. Maybe there is something more akin to the comics where each of these rings has a specific power that you know can be utilized by by the wielder at any given time and you now god forbid a bad guy gets a hold of these things or shang Chi's sister in, in you know maybe the sequel here uh in five years i'd imagine um but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these rings play a part moving forward because everyone was really concerned about them yeah. right everybody's like well okay we just dealt with, you know, the the Infinity Stones, all that stuff. That seems to be behind us. What is this now? And none of them have any real knowledge about it. So I, I kind of wanted to ask you: A, where do you think they came from? And B, what are they calling to Earth? I definitely think that
0: they still are going to be like a, of alien in nature. When because when we found them in like a crater or whatever, so I think that they mm-hmm. did fall to Earth. But I really do think that they it's either, they're either going to tie it to Fin Fang Foom or a different type of alien race. And the reason why I say that is that they're still rings. And I think that the reason why they fit around human forearms is because they fit on the hands of a larger being. And so they actually are rings to whoever the the original wielder of them are. So I think that that's what it's going to play into it that way.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Like they would have been like actual rings on like a dragon, for instance, and now they're like bracelets to us. Okay. I like that kind of deal. Now I, I think they might tie in. There's two theories that I've heard. One that I, I, I like a little bit more, but I don't think it's going to happen is the Kang theory Mm -hmm. is that this somehow ties into Kang and that this is a future technology that even though Wong said or whoever was, uh, I think Banner said it's like, these are super old. Mm -hmm. Well, Kang's a time traveler. So he may have developed them in the 31st century and then gone back to rule ancient Egypt with them and then lost them somewhere along the way. And they might appear to be old to us because they originated or they were found or have some sort of residue from ancient Egypt or something along those lines. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be it. I, I think, and this is sort of a lackluster one is that it's going to tie to with the eternal somehow and that it's calling, it's calling either the deviants or it's calling the celestials or whatever it is to come, um, you know, to earth or to consume earth or, for the Celestials to do their annual checkup or, you know, whatever it is in every millennium or so they come by and they check on the planets that they've seeded and see how they're developing. And maybe they're not particularly happy with us, uh, at the moment. And it it would be hard to blame them given the state of the world. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's what they're calling here. But a lot of people have rumored that they think Galactus is the one that's being called here. I I don't think that's really a thing.
0: I don't think they would tie Galactus into Shang-Chi. Like, that ha- he has to be rooted in Fantastic world, like it's just it, you would want to start yeah. that there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's so many different things that they can go. But I, I think that you know, even trying to look for clues in the comics, it may not be that at all because they've they've changed so much at this point. And it, you know, one thing that they do, as much as they bring in things from the comics and try to hold true and, and you know, different slight twists, they also change things to fit the narrative. One thing is the Cosmic Cube also being an Infinity Stone. Like, that completely changed from the comic book. So, you know, um, I, 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 I'm i excited. The, the, the fact that it was that the rings are so powerful that Carol fucking Danvers decided that she needed to come and be on the call. Yeah, it
1: wasn't that important, though, because she got another call and she was out true. of there. True. Well, split, true. So.
0: Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true as well.
1: I guess oh, we'll Like, see. what, what is she what is she dealing with, right? I guess we're going to find out in The Marvels, in the Marvels. which is... Which is a really interesting thing. I don't think we talked about the last time we were we here, right? We did so not really
0: talk about the Marvels. I love how they're doing the, the Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and then whatever they decide. Photon, if they decide to call Tiana, Terrace, uh, Tiana Paris' car- character that. But I love all three of the actresses. That, well, you know, I'm not the biggest. Bre- Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, I didn't really <laughs> care for. Her and yeah. other shit, she, she is a really good actress, but I just didn't Agreed. like what they did yeah. with Carol Danvers very much in that one. Now, I'm hoping that now that she's like snapped out of it and she's knows she's not Cree, maybe we get to see more personality out of her because we did the little bit we got her in in game. She had more personality, and maybe that yeah. will help. But the other two actresses that they cast, in, and I really think are going to bring like Miss Marvel is going to have that bubbly, like childlike nature, and then we all me you talked about Tiana off of off of uh, recording. She's yeah. amazing.
1: So. She's delightful. Yes, I- and, and indeed.
0: Yeah, amazing But um, i do kind of
1: um, i think i find it very interesting that of all the movies that got all the sequels they're going away from captain marvel 2 and they're making it like the marvels you know especially given you know some of the hostility some fans have had towards brie larson so maybe it's sort of a way to deflect some of that and be like all right it's not about her you know it, you know come come for tiana paris come for whoever this chick is playing miss marvel but miss marvel should be a really fun character in the mcu i'm kind of looking forward to that yeah.
0: yeah i mean she's a she's a great character in the in the comic books I'm yep. um, a fairly new character at that she's really i think less than 10 years being in the comics uh, that iteration of miss marvel so um yeah super big there but uh to get back into these characters first uh, i want to talk about the characters one by one and i know it's shang chi's film but we have to talk about wen wu fucking first bro where does wen wu rank as as Uh-oh. And the thing is, I I struck. He's an antagonist, but he's not a villain. I don't like calling him a villain. Those are two very different things because the way that they portray his character here, it's hard not to feel for him. But what did you think about Winwood?
1: I'm I'm glad you made that distinction because as far as like a good villain goes, I'm not like a huge fan of what they did with this. To be mm-hmm. perfectly frank, I like the acting. I thought like the the as an antagonist, the character was very intriguing. Um, you kind of went on this little roller coaster ride where, you know, you were kind of on to him. Okay. He's a bad guy. All right. Maybe he's not that bad a guy. All right. You're kind of like riding the wave with him I, as a, as an overall character and its development over the course of a movie. Bravo. I thought it was very well done, but not a huge fan of him as a villain, not, not a huge fan of the Uber sympathetic villain. I like there to be You know, almost like a 60 40 rule where, like, you could make the argument this guy's right, but you're pretty much fucking bending all standards in general morals, you know, kind of deal. Like, yeah, like Thanos 70 30. It's a 70 30, it's a 60 40. You can almost almost see where he's coming from. Now, why he didn't just double the resources, I don't know, but this is he's a fan of genocide. You're going to argue with him. I'm certainly not. So, um, you know, what, whatever it is. With Wen Wu, I just wasn't a huge fan uh, of, you know, I'm expecting like the Mandarin militant, mm-hmm. evil, terror organization, almost like the hand in uh, yeah. in the Iron Fist and the Daredevil show where it was like, yeah, I want this to be like a bad guy who's been doing bad things for a long time because he's bad and that's why he does bad things, you know. But, no, we got this kind of you know, almost respectable rationale for why he was doing what he was doing. And he was frankly being manipulated. Really. The yeah. bad guy here was the, the soul sucker or the, the, whatever they called it, the, the dweller from the dark, dark or whatever. Yeah. So, okay. So that's our real villain here. Um, as far as the villain goes, pretty, pretty sucky villain. As far as I'm concerned, wasn't, it wasn't you. Terrible. Tremble, when we- Te- yeah. ter-
0: ter- that cre- it looked good. Like, don't get me wrong, but fucking t- I'll get to that when I get to it. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's pretty much it. Yo, Wenwu overall, I think I think was was good. It's kind of uh, a shame we won't see more of them. Uh, well, maybe we'll get some flashbacks in the that, sequel. But
0: what do you think if they tell the story of Wenwu in a Marvel Disney Plus show? Because I think okay. that's where, what we make. Like honestly, I'm not saying next year or whatever, but I really think that like Feige thinks so far in advance, and we've seen that they aren't afraid to use these the shows to really add stuff. And I would not I would not be surprised if two, three years from now, especially considering the actor that they got to play Wu, that they don't say catch the story of the Mandarin on Disney Plus six six episode limited series.
1: I'm not against it, mostly because I would hope that that would involve more Fala Chen, who played Shang-Chi's mom. Yeah. And look, man, you and I have spent a lot of time sitting around talking about how wonderful of a of a creature Angela Bassett is. I think we got a new milf of the MCU, man. Follow oh, Chen. Shang-Chi's mom can effing get it as far as I'm concerned. I'm trying to kick it with Shang-Chi's mom. And
0: the thing is, though, is that can we even consider her a milf? Because, bro, she's only like three years older than us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but te- te- technically speaking, even though we saw her when she was younger or whatever the yeah. case may be. Yeah, no, she's the milf of the MCU now.
0: Yeah, Yeah. fucking beautiful. So um, much
1: so like she, she, he, like he should have a picture of her in his apartment. And every Avenger, male Avenger that shows up, should like make a comment about it. Could
0: you imagine? And we'll never get to see, it, unfortunately, him and Tony Stark. But could you imagine Tony Stark's reaction to seeing
1: that's your mom? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Win Wu for me, uh, like I said, I I don't see him as the villain. <laughs> Definitely an antagonist. Um, I love the flashback scenes that we get, and the fact that this movie starts off and they're not afraid to not speak a lick of English ten minutes into, like until ten minutes into the movie, everything's subtitled. Um, seeing him like conquer things back back in the day and even that one scene that we get where he's sitting on uh his throne for lack of a better term and he kind of leans and does this and he's like just watching people fight it's like there was th- that is what we I think of when I think of the Mandarin from the comic books yes. right just somebody who's just mm-hmm. so like desensitized to battle it's just like he's just sitting there watching like these fuckers and like <laughs> um just ready to think about what he's going to conquer next now i i do I like that they that they made him more sympathetic because he isn't the overall villain. But my problem with that creature that they bring at the end, there should have they should have tied it in earlier into the into the show into the movie if he's gonna be the final big bad. Because at the end of the day, and one of the biggest things in the gripes with the MCU is that everything boils down to a huge CGI battle at the end. And don't get me wrong, the dragon, fucking beautiful. I didn't yeah. mind seeing the, the soul sucker or whatever at the end, but It's like this movie was built up so much to be Wenwu versus Shang-Chi. And that part is really, even though their last fight is, you know, I like the callbacks to his fight, the fight with the mother. And like you can see Wenwu being like, I'm really impressed by what the fuck my son's doing. But that's immediately taken away by the fact that once that fight is over with and he's breaking through to his dad, the damn soul sucker comes out and grabs him. And we don't even get to see any like, yeah, he passes the rings to his son. But it's never like not because at one point that he says it, you're going to have to show me that you're strong enough to carry these rings. I would have liked to see a payback to that of him saying these are now yours. You've earned these or something like that. Like, I feel like that part of it was robbed. And even like to be such a great character to just him ending, just laying there, seeing his body and that being it. It's like, come on. man.
1: Yeah, there definitely should have been a moment where as much as they want to flex the rings a little bit and kind of show them off and this is what they can do there should have been a moment where all the rings were like cast aside and there was just a five minute like cliffside fight scene between these two guys where shang proves to his father that he's every bit you know the the man the warrior blah 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 that he is and that's how he kind of passes that torch and then you know Maybe he boots his dad off the cliff or something like that. And as he's looking down, he kind of gives him a nod, like yeah. a respect nod as he's falling to his
0: death. And then like, so are the are the rings sentient? Because think about it. Half the rings went over to Song Chi like, oh, he's he's worthy. And then the other half stayed with Wing Wu. Like, do you think that and I know they're sending a message. Do you think it's going to play into the fact that they have some form of sentience?
1: I wonder if they do. It, it does definitely seem like they can they can almost read the intent of of the user right cuz there's definitely a different color at a bare minimum where there there is definitely some level even though this is alien technology or whatever there's some level of what we would recognize as mysticism to all of this yeah. and maybe it maybe it is at a bare minimum like able to understand the people that are wielding it and maybe because Shang is pure of heart or whatever it is he's you know the the five rings were slightly stronger under his control than the five under under his slightly more uh dark and darkly intended father i guess but um yeah i don't i don't know as far as them having sentience but like they said at the end like it is calling to something so these have some some you know ai capacity to them in some respect i'd imagine
0: and then it's too it makes you think why are they calling now because when we had them for thousands of years and they apparently weren't calling out at all so why now what is what is it about shang chi Having these rings that they're finally calling out to whoever the fuck they're calling out to.
1: So yeah, there's a, I mean, a variety of things, I guess. Um, they changed hands for the yeah. first time, and like me, so maybe they did, you know, call to whatever when Win Wu first got them a thousand years ago, and he or somebody else just kind of took care of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they kind of deviated whoever it was from coming here, or maybe they whoever it was came here and they realized they weren't all that interested in, in, you know, Win-woo. Earth or the rings or Win Wu or whoever um and now maybe they're going to be slightly more interested in in Shang-Chi for whatever reason but um i i don't know man those those rings are ominous but i i don't know what they really could be calling to the reason i kind of think the celestials is cuz they they're like this technological futuristic but super old kind of thing like it all seems very much in line with the same sort of technology we're going to see with the spaceship in in the Eternals and originally
0: and th- the Eternals would have come out before Shang-Chi by the original way that the, yeah. that the MCU so that is a, a completely a possibility
1: so it could just be a throwaway line like they were one of the celestials or i mean i'm sorry one of the eternal's rings and when you know all 10 of them get together like one of them's like hey where are your rings and they're like oh yeah i lost them in egypt like you know 100 years ago or something like that and then boom you know now 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 we know what rings who had them where they were like how they got to wherever when wu found them and it could just be like you know two sentences
0: there you have it. You have it. But let's talk about the title character, Shang-Chi. I know we've talked about him uh, off and on here. What do you think about this character, where he fits in the MCU, and also Simi Lu and how he portrays the character and his star power, so to say? Because, you know, as much as Chadwick Boseman became a, a huge star after Black Panther, because not just because of the character, his portrayal, but also because of his own um, charisma and the, and the way that he spoke, and just people love Chadwick Boseman. Do you think Simu has the same possibility?
1: What do you think? I, I do, and I think you know you get a lot of that just from, especially we know the MCU. It's it's sometimes comical to a fault, mm-hmm. so we're going to get a lot of funny interactions with Shang Chi. Uh, Shang Chi, and we saw that throughout the course of this movie with Aquafina's character and a couple other things going on, like in that Fight Club with Ronnie or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fun and goofy to see how they all interact, and um, and, and I think he's going to be just a a really cool focal point of the MCU moving forward. And he kind of dances the line between the more grounded Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Iron Wars with, you know, maybe a little bit more of the mystical side of things with obviously Wong being on the radar and even now Carol Danvers. So he kind of ties together the ground, the space and the magic and he's kind of the center of all of those so uh, he's kind of almost the nexus point where they all meet
0: okay that's that's i like that i like that i, I do like and even his like him speaking out when the disney president or whatever said that shang chi is going to be an interesting experiment he's like we're not an experiment i love how he's not afraid to speak his mind and i think that's going to really help his stardom and also like the role in the character himself he did a great job in here like balancing between being comical and going into darker places i, I don't always like the mcu's reliance on cutting to comedy with when it's a darker moment for like the the moment on the airplane when he's talking to aquafina katie uh aquafina's character and he's like you know telling him about how he was trained and then the uh what's the word i'm looking for the chick on the airplane
1: what is it what are they called stewardess
0: steward yeah came up as like fish or beef and it's like you didn't need that moment there that but that's not on him that's the mcu and just how they write but uh He did a great job, and the character of Shang-Chi, I really think, is going to be people love martial arts movies. Let's just be flat out. Like that, that at a base, people love martial arts movies. To add on top of that, it being an MCU-based martial arts movie, and you have a a lead actor who's really good and a great comic relief in Aquafina, fucking amazing, man.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like I'm already fantasy booking all the matchups. I want to see him fight Winter Soldier. I want to see him fight you know, Iron Fist and Daredevil when they eventually come over here. I want to see him, you know, tussle with Spidey a little bit and see, you know, maybe does he does he train Tom Holland's Spider-Man in some respect, kind of like he does in the comics, and what does that look like? Does, does he get web shooters to, like, test it out and <laughs> feel it? Like, you know, how does this work? Uh, there's going to be a lot of really cool interactions moving forward, and Shang-Chi, like I said, is going to kind of be the reason why they happen, I think, and then he'll be able to... To just sort of hang with all of these other bigger, more established heroes at this point.
0: Definitely. So, uh, Chang Chi's sister, what did you think about this
1: character? Oh, man, hyperfeminism going wrong, right? So, all right. So, first and foremost, I took a little bit of an issue with not necessarily the whole, like, uh, I'm a girl, I was excluded from this training, blah, blah, blah. I had, you know, that's a, that's a story that's been told a million times, fair enough um The whole aspect of she taught herself to do it better than all the boys and blah blah blah. Like no no no, we're trying to establish Shang Chi as the definitive best hand to hand combatant in all of the MCU. We can't just like have his sister be like yeah, but me too. No, no 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 no, that's not how this works. I'm sorry. And then after all the female empowerment bullshit, for her to turn bad at the end. Like yeah. just say oh, it was perfect. I loved it. I actually <laughs> laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you think she
0: turned bad or did she just seize the opportunity to increase her power? She may very well not use the Ten Rings to be completely evil. Is that um, the vibe you got? I mean, no, not at all. That's what I'm, I'm saying.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the argument could be made, like, yeah, it's it's wonderful she's letting women train. Maybe they can use this for good. Like yeah. that's that's not the vibe I got though. Yeah. Like that was that was sort of the 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 killmonger sitting on the throne scene like they should have done that like upside down camera flip like they did in Black Panther just to really drive home like okay this is this is the passing of 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 the torch and 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 things definitely did not get better
0: and I also don't like the fact that there wasn't as much interaction between win Wu and the sister like there should have been more there like he really kind of dismisses her and I know that's part of why she left or whatever but like you at some point you would think that he would recognize especially since he's so proud of shang chi and the fighter that he became like your daughter was kicking your dude's ass just like shang chi was like
1: yeah and then it's true and you would figure like if she was so resentful why would she want to you know take over you know you would think she would take great joy in tearing down everything that he had built because you know she she was excluded from it and she hates him so much for it but no she wanted to it really just comes down to it just showed that all of this was was more out of jealousy than it was, you know, bad parenting as much as the bad parenting still existed it way it had way more to do with her still being jealous that daddy despite the fact he was a terrible daddy didn't love her enough daddy, issue. uh, daddy it, issues daddy hey, issues
0: it it's real it's real i don't care how anybody feels about me saying this it's definitely real um <laughs> what okay <laughs> one of the biggest wasted characters in this to me was death Dealer? yeah because they didn't even give him a great looking character amazing like looking character and he and for all intents he is the one who mainly trained shang chi by the flashback scenes that we saw and like him her what we don't know what it is but nonetheless like and then to die to be the first one that gets like his soul sucked out by one of the little creatures and then just move on it's like i i feel like that was just a wasted amazing character design and like they could have used Razor Fist to do that and then carried. Imagine Shang-Chi's sister having Death Diller at her side at the end of this rather than Razor fist who was portrayed as just a goofy-ass dude with a cool-looking arm.
1: Like, 100% agree. Didn't even think of it that way necessarily. But yeah, no, Razor should have gotten his soul sucked because he's useless. Um, although I do, even though I guess... We can assume that Taserface died at the at Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I do need to see a Taserface razor fist team up at some point.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Just to just to see how that goes. Why not? We'll throw like Craglin can be like their Peter Quill. They could be some sort of like scragglers of the of the galaxy or some shit.
0: That would be really interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind that at all. I just Yeah, that's just one of the things that stuck out to me. It was just like, really? Like, you killed this character in the way that you killed him, too? Like, have somebody important kill
1: him. guess I said, I don't even think they gave him a name. Like, we knew who he was because we've, you know, like, you've obviously read the comics, and and I at least have some knowledge of them. But I don't even think they really, like, broke that down What the significance of the mask was, why he wore it some, you know, when he was fighting, but didn't wear it maybe necessarily when he was training all the time. Like, it was just kind of a... Yeah, it just seemed like henchman number one, and that's not that 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 is a, a true disservice yeah. to the character. A, a
0: wasted character design, and in the comics, he's like he is Shang Chi's villain. Like that is his main villain. So it's I don't know. yeah I don't
1: know. M- maybe the sister takes over the mantle of death dealer um, as like a psychological you know whatever to mess with him, that's and then true. they they can shoehorn a gender swap in there that's and make it look idea. like it's decent writing.
0: Not a bad idea. We got the return of Trevor Slatter in this film. <laughs> yes. What did you think about Trevor coming back into this film after Iron Man?
1: Yeah, another one of many laugh out loud moments. I knew I knew he was gonna be in it, like not not just because I kind of read all the trade and stuff, but because I happen to be on somebody's Disney Plus recently. I think my girlfriend's and I happen to notice all hail the king was like prominent under the Marvel mm, section. Okay. So they're trying to get people like, oh, you know, this guy who's connected to the Mandarin who is, we're going to find out more about the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi, you know, like check this out. But, yeah, as soon as as soon as they go down to that room and you hear, you know, some guy like Blair and a bunch of, you know, Shakespeare or whatever, I was just like, yes, I I, I Another literal laugh out loud moment in the theater. I actually probably even gave like a good clap or a thigh slap. But, um, yeah, this was great. And then to add Norris or Morris on top of it this like pig turkey you know thing, whatever it was it was all so wonderful and it 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 unfortunately kind of went, went once he showed up it was his movie oh for yeah about, for at least 20 minutes yeah. 20 minutes. yeah, yeah. so it kind of sucks for for see Liu uh, but other than that it was a delightful kind of nice shake-up in the middle of the movie
0: you got Ben Kingsley to come back <laughs> for like one of the greatest actors of all fucking time. Yeah. To come back for this shit, that's fucking crazy, bro. That's bananas.
1: And it was good. They had to tie it in somehow. They had yeah. to something other than that conversation that they had because that other than Trevor, they only barely touched on the events of Iron Man three. Yeah, uh, I think that one conversation where he was like, they named they named a terrorist organization after a chicken dish or whatever yeah. it was, and it's like okay, but I I kind of thought like you were the Mandarin. Like if you're you're like all upset about it like be the mandarin then like don't like don't like mock the name you know i don't know it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me um that they didn't just lean into the mandarin thing instead of like kind of poo-pooing it as some title that he didn't really care about like i feel like he he should have been a little bit more insulted if it was something that he actually was calling himself that yeah and and for them to not have like a Mandarin after all this we're gonna correct the Iron Man three thing. It just I don't think you corrected it. Yeah.
0: True. Sure. I yeah, it, I get why they wanted to go away from the title of the Mandarin. I get all that, especially like you're gonna have an Asian actor actor portray this role in the stereotypes. I get all of that. But like you had a character already in the MCU called the Mandarin. If they would have never had somebody called the Mandarin who was supposed to be imitating right. Win Woo, fine. Do it at all. Don't yeah don't yeah. It's fine. I'm fine not using it at all. But at that point it's like, yeah pay a little bit more respect to it, but nonetheless you know it is what it is there um overall as an origin story where do you rank this in the origin films for the mcu
1: as far as the origin films for the mcu i'm stalling because i'm going to try and pull my list up (laughs) here casually as i'm doing it here but yeah i think it was one of the better ones as far as an origin goes um trying to get my there it is mcu list but yeah as far as origin stories go so we've only had but so many obviously captain marvel captain america thor uh the guardians right i guess that's its own origin story iron man uh spider-man is, is spider-man even really an origin story on i really don't it's,
0: think it is it's kind of yeah. like uh they really never do a true origin like we get they they talk about it we it's not really an origin film i wouldn't consider well i
1: i one film. of my one of my kind of benchmarks for the mcu is kind of like the ant-man movie ant-man's kind of like the bottom of the second tier for me like as far as like the mcu go so it's like if you're better than the ant-man movie you're a pretty damn good movie as far as i'm concerned and i did put this just above dr strange and ant-man so it's it's you know as far as origins go um it's it's this you know behind Iron Man pretty much I have it as as the best one.
0: That me for me it's behind Iron Man it's behind the first Thor I just love the first Thor so much. Um, Fair enough. I know that that's not. Oh, and not I'm sorry, the, sorry, the
1: Guardians one. movies, yeah. had it, the yeah. the first one
0: but yeah i have it behind so yeah if we're including the guardians then yeah it's behind iron man thor and the guardians so it's number 4 for
1: me fair enough all right so i got 3 you got 4 yeah. um yeah iron man and and guardians are just those are that's like iron man's probably the bottom of the top shelf of the mcu movies oh, yeah, for, for me sure. kind of so for sure. um so yeah that that's that's a pretty good place to be and you know as far as anticipating a sequel i i feel like i'm i'm looking more forward to a sequel for shang chi than i was you know a doctor strange and ant-man uh even you know i obviously ended up being in love with the captain america sequel but i probably wasn't super hyped for it coming out of the first avenger really oh not as much as i am for this
0: so the first avenger is probably the bottom of the origin films for me like i just really didn't i don't really care for the first avenger i know people love it i it just didn't hit for me so my anticipation for the winter soldier was probably the lowest out of any mcu sequel ever and after that i think it was the second trailer because i think the first one was really just tone i was like this shit may actually be good
1: yeah and it was yeah. and it's still the best Damn It's my favorite MC MCU movie, movie. yeah still the best yeah. one
0: yeah. so um <laughs> <laughs> but uh okay let's talk about the end credit scene the first one because we already kind of talked about the second it's just seeing his sister now taking over the ten rings um What do you think? And I know we talked about basically what was said in there, but what do you think that that plays into what we get into the future of the MCU? Because this movie was very much him out on his own. I almost would have rathered, him not be brought into the bigger universe until after a sequel but we don't know their plans but what do you what do you think about him now coming into the larger part of the MCU
1: Yeah and it would it would but it, I don't know it would be a bit of a shame if we didn't see him again until his sequel at this True. point so yeah it would have been nice obviously if all thing, everything went to plan and we could have had this movie sooner and maybe a few more things could have moved along um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't want to wait till like 2027 to see Shang-Chi again. I think we can, we can probably find a spot for him. Um, that said, uh, with, with this kind of configuration here at the end with him and Katie and Wong and Carol and Bruce kind of just chit chatting about these rings here. I, uh, I guess I'm going to present to the audience here, the compromised Wong theory I, I presented to you mm. is that I think perhaps given Wong's sort of weird buddy-buddy relationship with Abomination that we saw during this movie. And uh, it looked like when he went back through that portal with Abomination, he was taking Abomination to to some sort of, yeah, to the raft or some sort of storage facility. I think uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had him in Alaska, but that's not canon, so neither here nor there, I guess. Um, But I think Wong and Abomination, like, why are they working together? Well, I think something happened during the blip where either there uh, either Thunderbolt Ross got some sort of compromising information about Wong or had something to offer Wong maybe maybe Wong was the sorcerer supreme while while Strange was down mm. and he needed some help protecting the Sanctum or the Sanctums he didn't know where all the other sorcerers were he's got shit to contend with everybody's gone like what the hell is happening so maybe him and Ross got connected either through you know benevolent or malevolent means one way or the other And now now Wong is sort of the the he's the sorcerer of the Thunderbolts or of the Dark Avengers. And he's working with Thunderbolt Ross, who would obviously have recruited Abomination to be kind of like the Hulk of the Thunderbolts and needs a way to control him. How do you do that? Well, this magic guy doesn't seem to have any issue with it. So you just have those two kind of buddy up and uh, and now moving forward like Abomination, Abomination with John Walker, with Yelena Belova, and whoever they decide to add on moving forward, there's your Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts team that, that we'll ultimately see, I guess, face off against either the New Avengers or the Young Avengers or join forces with either or.
0: Did we get any confirmation? I don't remember this or not. Did Ross go away during the blip or was he here during the blip?
1: I believe he was here during the but i don't know that for sure feel like he was around so i remember
0: though. the last at least last scene that i remember from thunderbolt ross around that time is when captain america and them walked back into the avengers compound and that was before the snap so that was before the blip and everything went away i just can't remember if he popped up after that i can't remember if we saw him in Endgame game or any or not because what if the reason why val is in control what if she took over the raft during the blip
1: wasn't no wasn't ross when ross was talking to roadie and all of the secret avengers walked in mm-hmm. was that after the blip at that point that was before the blip oh that was before the blip yeah okay i don't know but i i kind of think like the val thunderbolt ross relationship is going to be a pretty important one moving forward i think it's kind of going to be like um val is like fury um and Ross is like uh, friggin' Robert Redford's character, oh. whatever his name was, you know, something like that. But it, but it's kind of like a backwards thing where we know Ross is ill-intended, where we didn't necessarily know uh, Alexander, or whatever his name was, was the uh was was the bad guy running Hydro secretly behind the scenes, and Val, who comes off like she's kind of ill-intended, is actually more like a Victoria Hand, um, Maria Hill type character who just so happens to be out there recruiting, playing like the Fury role for a Ross, thinking she's doing the right thing, uh, almost acting like, almost like an Amanda Waller, where she's like going out there and like thinks she's doing the right thing and is willing to do whatever she needs to do. Um, but she, you know, she's working for Ross, who she doesn't know, has no interest in doing the right thing and it's just power hungry.
0: I just did a quick search and according to Marvel's website, he was snapped away during the blip.
1: Interesting. So maybe maybe Val wasn't. And was kind of running operations while he was split.
0: Yeah, or you know, we know that you know Natasha was basically running the Avengers, but they kind of set up their own security. Maybe they put Wong in charge of the Raft because of his him b- being a sorcerer. So interesting. That's how I feel like that Wong sword. would
1: have had other things to worry about. But you, I mean, yeah, I guess all hands on deck. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have to wear a few hats when half the universe goes under.
0: <laughs> True. So I mean, hey, that's gonna be interesting to see how that how that all plays out or whatever. Um. But yeah, I, I think you know, bringing Shang-Chi into the the main like story of whatever's going on in the MCU in the future as in this movie, it, it, it was bound to happen as much as I would have wanted to see another movie before it happened, like you said. It would like and then we would have went like four or five years without seeing him. And so Marvel usually knows, Foggy knows when he has a hit on his hand. So I don't like I, I can understand why that uh didn't go away. So what do you what do you think the next film we're gonna see Simi Lu in?
1: I would think that they might find a way. And I think this would be a good idea, not because I'm thinking of it at the moment, but because I'm personally, as I was kind of telling you before we got on the air, maybe even a little bit while we were on the air, I've lost track at this point. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very apprehensive about the Marvel's Secret Invasion scroll wing of the MCU. I just I I don't see that there's going to be a lot there for me. Mm-hmm. I like Tiana Paris. It's about it. Like Jimmy and you know Jimmy Woo. If they if they do more stuff with him over there, okay. Like uh, they they got me there. Um, but if they can get, you know, Shang-Chi to show up in Miss Marvel, the Marvels, uh, WandaVision season two, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines, like just, just to plug him in, doesn't need to be a big role can just kind of be there. doesn't even necessarily need to be him. Could be Katie pops in kind of playing almost like a Darcy role in some wing somewhere else in the MCU where she's just, she's just interacting with random people. I, I Aren't they, um, aren't they based out of san francisco so they yeah. could very well run into ti and and fucking well, you know ti's T.I. not
0: getting and, cast more mcu movie.
1: oh no yeah you know the is rape accusations then? so they ah. just yeah they
0: he's already been said he's not going to be in of uh the next i mean i mean it of,
1: can't be more you know? offensive than aquafina's rapping so i mean nevertheless <laughs> so. Fair enough. Fair enough. That said, yeah. So Ti and then Michael Pena (laughs) and then Kurt, whatever he was, he just popped up. Michael Pena and Aquafina's character. Yes. Give me those two in
0: the same. Like, cause yeah, Ant Man set in San Francisco as well. Please, please give it. Give give me
1: that. Oh my God! Can they just like? I I know they just set up like Shang Chi and Aquafina, but can we have like Michael Pena and fucking and Aquafina like in like a. Like a like a rom com fucking sitcom on the Disney yeah, Plus. I like <laughs> that would that. just be hilarious.
0: I, I wouldn't mind him seeing him pop up in um in Quantum Mania Man Mania, only because can you imagine that like Kang pops in and like maybe he brings something like we saw the creature he was at, that he had in Loki and then we just see Song Chi riding in on the fucking dragon.
1: That that would be dope. Like all of a sudden, like look and like somebody points <laughs> up and it's like you just see like a dragon coming over the Golden Gate Bridge and exactly. You're just like oh okay. All right. See you. You <laughs> he could he could very easily work his way into a like a West Coast Avengers team, I'd imagine if they decided to do that. You have vision, spectral visions out there. There'll be Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. There'll be Ant Man. Um if Venom gets pulled into the MCU, he's based out of San Francisco and his universe currently. Um you can kind of have, you know, basically just like a, a West Coast Avengers team if they are looking to partition this thing. There, there's like a, you know, a, a six person squad that could be fairly interesting, like yeah. Vision and Paul Rudd interacting a lot has comedy gold written all over it.
0: That is very true. Yeah. That's very true.
1: Overall rating
0: for Sean T, what do you give? Ooh.
1: Overall rating is, I, like I said, it's it's kind of in that. It's in that upper. It's in the upper half, right? Like the MCU's got twenty-five movies now. We're, we're that's fucking crazy, bro. It is crazy unto itself, and it's it's in the upper half. I got it right in between Guardians two and Spider Man Far From Home, sitting at number twelve. Um, and that makes it a pretty good movie. I give it like a B plus overall, as far as movies go, as far as MCU movies go. I guess more of like a B.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, for me, it's probably right there with if we're if I'm doing out of ten, I'd say it's probably about an eight, probably about yeah, a seven out right, eight, of so. eight, ten. Uh, yeah, fight 10, I, guess I'm giving, I wish we yeah, would have got I, more fights like there's that lull in the third act where we really don't get much action and i understand they were fleshing out and preparing for the last battle but uh i really would have wished for more fighting i hope the next shang chi movie we get is just fucking fight scene after fight
1: fight scene after fight scene is right give me give me like an interesting you know combat based villain if you want to you want to revive Taskmaster in some sort of way, Ooh. Th- this would be a good way to have him do it. Have somebody pick up that mantle or that tech or maybe his sister does or something crazy and poof, now you got Shang-Chi trying to battle himself in a variety of ways.
0: Shang-Chi could also be a way to bring in Iron Fist. Now, I'm not saying ma- necessarily back the, uh, the Netflix version of Iron Fist, but if they do want to bring Iron Fist in, it's a great yeah. way to do that. It's a great way to bring in Daredevil. It's a great way to bring in. Could you imagine? What if his sister wants to assassinate him, but doesn't want him to know it's the Ten Rings and hires Frank Castle to do
1: it? That would be that would be pretty intense. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a variety of bad guys out there that they could they could do that with as well. That would be kind of interesting. Um man, yeah. There there really are a lot of options with all of this, but um as far as like I, I kind of like the idea of them doing Talo as one of the seven headly you know heavenly capital cities or whatever it is and then just you know next movie very end end credit scene whatever it is we tease like Kunlun a, a name drop of it uh the the heart of the dragon you know whatever we, we just some little tease to where we could set up maybe Shang-Chi 3 it's like a Shang-Chi Iron Fist you know how all these fucking comic things work where it's blah versus blah and they end up having like a a fight in the first act oh wait we're really on the same side second act we discover the actual villain third act we defeat the villain and uh they can go about their merry kung fu ways
0: yeah yeah all right anything that you got left you want to talk about before
1: we got nothing else as far as this goes overall i like i said i really really enjoyed it really liked pretty much i have very few complaints other than than the villain really um i would have i would have appreciated like a more just straightforward evil overbearing dad villain i think that would have just like i feel like a lot of people can relate to that and that just would have been an easy route to go
0: and the and Wu the mandarin is such a big villain in the comics like as much as he was written better here than a lot of mcu villains especially early on they did went back to the killing them off thing like i thought we were past this in the mcu they usually try to keep their villains alive so they can go back to that well i would have liked to see him you know stay alive maybe even if his daughter does like he's arrested so and his daughter still takes over the 10 rings or whatever but to have him completely gone and now in a way that he can't be resurrected is like It's a it's a missed opportunity there because they cast such a great actor.
1: Yeah, I I wonder if the only way that they can get some of these great actors is if they're, you know, like they want to die. They don't want to have to come back. You know, (laughs) it's like a lot of these big time actors don't want to get sucked into the MCU. They don't have time for it. Uh, Even like Jessica Henwick, you mentioned before, like would have been great in this thing. She's in the Matrix like she's doing shit. She's out there like, you know, it's not like she's just sitting at home waiting for a call from from Disney to, uh, to play Colleen Wing, she, she went out there and found herself some other roles. Um, but yeah, it almost is like, if you're a big-time actor, it's an easy paycheck, but it's, it's a big deal. It's a lot of press. It's a headache. Do you want to be tied into this for five years, or do you just want to dip your toe in, get your money, get out, and then be comfortably never harassed again about like, hey, is your character going to come back to the MCU? Like, no, kill me definitively. Make sure I am dead as a doornail.
0: I mean, but then again, that only works so much because even yeah, like Michael B. Jordan, people are still screaming about him possibly being resurrected. Um,
1: I, I don't think he's definitively dead, though. You could very easily say, like, you know, like he just he came back. He's got the fucking herb. He just like he somehow just, you know, he survived.
0: He was stabbed in the heart and he pulled it out
1: at the end. Though. That's what I'm saying. He can heal. <laughs> there you go. Them. I don't know. Maybe they healed him against his wishes or something <laughs> like that. You know, like whatever the case may be. I would, um, I would mind yeah, in, cool. in
0: in in uh, a inevitable Shang Chi sequel because Fing Fang Foom. As much as he's a dragon, um, it's going to be hard to depict that on screen the whole time. He is actually he's not a dragon. He's a shape shifting alien that takes the form of a dragon. What if he takes the form of Win Wu and we still get Win Wu back?
1: Okay, I would like I would like Win Wu back or, or the actor back. Yeah, the in actor in some back. form. Yeah. Sure, I'm all about it. I I don't think they're going to do. Like the Fing Fang Foom thing. I, I think the Great think Protector so? is about the closest we're going to get to Fing Fang Foom. I, I, I don't think they're going to, A, because the name is just kind of like hokey. That's too racist. Yeah. But uh, I think like, the, and because because I think the Great Protector is like the closest we're going to get, I think this technology, whatever it is, isn't connected to whatever, you know, Fing Fang Foom's race was. It's going to be something completely different and unique to the MCU.
0: There you go. I wouldn't mind that at all. I like more uniqueness. Usually when the MCU does do its own unique thing, it's it's pretty solid and good. So I wouldn't mind that at all. Um
1: For me there has to be like a reason why they're doing it, particularly now because they have control of virtually all the, the characters that they want before really I understood. Spider-Man yeah like before you understood they had some sh- you know some things they couldn't do like why aren't they doing secret wars i was like well we don't have like any of the main characters that's why like we we can't do much with this um so yeah and now they're now they pretty much have free reign to do anything they want other than the spider-man universe and sony will let them do whatever they want to do as long as sony gets tied into the universe like i isn't that just obvious at this point so <laughs> so uh, for whatever reason mcu doesn't want to you know they don't want to extend that branch because once they do, there's no real taking it back. So you know this is their this is their carrot on a stick for Sony is to let us do stuff with Spider Man and we'll maybe kind of sort of tie you into the MCU. We'll see, um, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not optimistic that that's going to be like the perfect marriage that I that I would hope it would be.
0: Yeah, me either. I don't. I don't. The next five years in the mcu are going to be really really interesting
1: there's a lot of shit they have to do
0: yeah because i mean they just announced four more dates of movies and it's 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 speculated that one is going to be x-men one is the next captain america one is deadpool 3 and the other ones the avenger the next avengers film and the thing that i am going to be really interested in is see how they work in mutants into this and the reason why is because you have to explain why mutants haven't just been around, like it's the way that the, the x gene works is that literally as people are coming into puberty they sprout out these powers and that's not anything that's like you would have just the x-men one thing if you want to say hey the x-men were hidden that's why we didn't see them that's fine but that doesn't explain the x gene not being what it is in the comics what do you it's i don't, I don't know how they're gonna do it.
1: that's that, no, it, that worries me yeah they, they they've already kind of opened a lot of doors and now they're gonna have to figure out how to shoehorn the x-men the Fantastic Four, Doom, Deadpool, Galactus, maybe. I think Galactus is like way down the road. Personally, yeah. I don't think we're getting there anytime soon. And and rightfully so. You've got to build the Fantastic Four world. I personally want to see them like fighting Mole Man in the first movie like let's keep it real grounded in the yeah. first movie and then like we'll build our way up to cool real cool crazy stuff. Um, but um yeah, mo- moving forward here with the X-Men in particular, i think we might get like an end credit scene at the end of like the eternals for instance that gives us a little bit of a a peek into it we'll probably get some passing comment when they talk about like who the eternals are and like when they're building that story it'll be something like you know and then humanity was created with this with this gene that will eventually manifest superpowers blah 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 and uh you know maybe you know enough time passes or whatever it is maybe the kids that were blipped or the kids that weren't blipped or, you know, during a certain time period that kind of plays into it somehow, how that hasn't been addressed yet is yeah, that, that, that does kind of leave a little bit of a, of a plot hole. But I I think, I think it's going to be weird when the X-Men do come in, but to just kind of like have an X person show up or have, you know, like a a passing comment about some scientific mutant gene mumbo jumper. Like, no, I kind of almost want it to be like, Whatever the next big movie is, like the end of Doctor Strange or the end of Spider Man or something like that, like end credit scene is like, hey, we're all sitting around eating shawarma. Cool callback, right? Boom! Like all of a sudden, all the X Men are there. Like, like in that scene in the original X Men movies where they're sitting, all of a sudden they're all in the the Oval Office. Oh yeah,
0: that was an amazing scene. By the way,
1: give me that with like the whole new X Men and, and debut all of them in one shot like that. That would be kind of interesting to see um but yeah it, it's gonna drive like a, it's gonna throw a huge monkey wrench into everything both as far as the storytelling goes on a meta level as well as the actual story itself is just gonna be like whoa here's a whole another layer we gotta deal with now
0: I, I can't wait to see what they do they haven't really failed yeah. us yet uh so it's it's gonna be crazy to see but we have a uh, crazy next couple of years of the MCU. we have eternals coming up in november spider-man no way home in december uh, Multiverse of Madness in March, Thor: Good Love God. and Thunder in in May, Black Panther in July. Like it's it's going to be very wild next twelve months in the MCU. Alone,
1: so plus shows, right? Miss yeah. Marvel, Hawkeye, you know, She Hulk. All this stuff Loki is coming at us two, too. So. Loki season two, Moon Knight looks sick. Oscar Isaac. Yes. I've been watching all of his like his prep fight, you know, scenes and stuff. The fighting style for for Moon Knight is going to be another cool new element to the mcu kind of like that like almost like that like krav maga kind of shit like where it's just like real intense and and violent and awesome and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be watered down from like i am sure how like you and i might want it necessarily but how, it is still gonna be pretty cool how
0: much do you think they go into the split personality?
1: Oh, I, dude! If you get like an actor like Oscar Isaac, like you should be going real heavy into it. Like yeah. let him, like let let him McAvoy this thing, like like from Split almost. Like let him get real into it, and and yeah. just you know. And look, it's Disney. They got to cover their tracks. Run some sort of like you know, if you're having mental issues, call this number. Blah 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 before the before the show, and then let Oscar Isaac go ape shit on this character, and just let let him like really. You really paint that picture between the two personality definitely
0: yeah. all right bello thank you as always man for coming on talking to me taking time out your day you know i appreciate it man we need to Dude, love being here oh I, all <laughs> the time bro i would have you come in for every mcu movie so
1: yeah it's 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 a good it's a good spot to have
0: <laughs> last thing before we go i just have to ask you this i know you're a bigger marvel fan or not what's your level of excitement for the batman
1: oh i'm very excited for the batman okay i'm mostly excited for the batman because a lot of what i'm hearing. It's I think it's going to go down kind of the new 52 Batman route with like the Court of Owls and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And as far as like the Batman comics stuff goes, granted, again, not like the authority on comics and in any stretch of the imagination. But that's kind of my favorite stuff is that 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 Batman, the vulnerable, like. He, yeah, he's got it all figured out, but oh, wow, there's stuff he didn't even know he he didn't know, you know, like that kind of thing. That's going to be cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, and, and Robert Pattinson, hey, he's got a lot of shoes to fill, man. Ben Affleck is the GOAT Batman as far as I'm concerned. And oh, you got, he's got, you got ben, of... Affleck ben Affleck over Bale? Oh, 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 so much. Well, it, again, it comes down to the character that he's playing, right? Okay. So B- Bale, phenomenal actor. Certainly a better actor than Ben Affleck is in, in virtually every stretch of the imagination, but um, the old man, dark knight, Frank Miller kind of grumpy old man, Batman is definitely like another thing that I really, really definitely. enjoy. So, yeah. um, Ben Affleck playing that role very well, I thought, like about as well as anybody could have. So, I, I, I think he's my favorite Batman.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. I can, I can get with that. I, I really do think that if Pattinson is given movies to really flesh out this Batman, his version of the Batman character. When it's all said and done, I think he may be the best Batman. I haven't even seen the scene yet, and the only the only reason I think that is because of the rumors of where they're going with Batman in this, like that, yeah. like the whole PTSD angle and everything. Like it's, it they it could be fucking amazing. So. It's given
1: me like Daredevil vibes. Like, yeah. even just seeing like the costume yeah. and the fighting and like the trailers and stuff like that. And like, Daredevil is like one of the best superhero properties, maybe ever. Netflix is oh, Daredevil. It, so, it, it definitely, it, this comes yeah. anywhere near it and gives me like that silver screen, old school Batman. Batman is like, it's like, a, you know, it's, 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 you know, appointment viewing no matter what like i got friends and family that are not into these movies anywhere near near the level that we're at they all go see the batman movie like you know when it comes out everyone drops everything and goes to see the batman movie because why wouldn't you um so yeah this is gonna be pretty cool i'm I'm excited freaking cedric diggory is fucking bruce wayne now
0: (laughs) who would have thought that but bella go ahead and give him your social media man let's get up out of
1: Yeah, you could find me on Twitter, pretty much, at the TheAndrewBello. And we got a big ask today. So posted on my Twitter, pinned to that page, is my remix of Kanye West's Jesus Lord. I posted it on YouTube. Get it while it's hot and still allowed up there. Um, but yeah, download it, share it, tell your friends, use it however you want, as long as you don't get copyright stricken and uh, point it back to me. So uh, <laughs> find that there. You know, send it out for the world. Um, Jesus Lord part three, if you will. Find me there.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you put that on Twitter too that's just fucking amazing, bro. you am like I'm like, best
1: Let me just get it out there. I remixed it like a couple times since you listened to it. So oh, for real? Like, okay, let me go it's it's, it's me not listen. it's not materially different, but it is slightly better, I think, audio. So
0: all right, cool, cool. Well, you guys can follow this podcast at the film bro spot. You can send us any questions, feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the film's frequency pod at gmo dot com. Uh, and thank you for listening to the film frequency. We out this bitch. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break Radio.